Welcome to this podcast message from Kingdom Faith. This on Lenny. Is it on? Is it on? It's on. On. How many groups have we got? Groups of about five. If you're too big, then move and form another group. One, two, three, five, six, seven. One, two, one, two. Yeah, it's better. Okay. Um, I will need a scribe in each group. Somebody who can write it down, what you're going to discuss. Okay. Okay, Psalm 119 is the scripture that I'm going to ask you to study, but I'm going to split it up into sections because Psalm 119 is actually split up into 22 different places, different areas. So, um, group one. Can you do Psalm 119, verse 1 to 24? Group 2, can you do 25 to 48? Group 3, can you do 49 to 72? Group this, 73 to 96. This group, 97 to verse 120. 121 to 144, 145 to 160, and then 161 to 176. Okay, so each one of you has sections. I am going to ask for somebody to be a spokesman, a spokesperson for each group who will just bring together... Uh, what you guys have spoken about. I want you to take the scriptures that I've given you, the verses of the scriptures, and I just want you to bring in the two, three, or four things that are really clear from those scriptures. I believe that we're going to have quite a lot of crossing over from all the scriptures because Psalm 119 is a great scripture um, about the word of God, but I want you to do a little bit of study, look into it a little bit, Bring out your thoughts, and then in about 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes, I will get your groups to come back and share what you guys have studied this morning, okay? And then there's a few more things that I believe God wants to do. So you've got about 15 minutes, so at about half past 11, I'll bring you back together, okay? Brilliant. Go for it.
could decide how as a group you want to do this. Whether you want to read it all together or just alone, that's up to you.
Just another couple of minutes, just be finishing off, please. Get your scribe in place and your spokesperson. Okay, just be finishing off. This is one or two groups that are finished. So just be finishing off. We will go from group one to two to three to four. We will go around like that because it's um, part of the, the actual psalm. It's like that, so. Okay, can we just have uh, everybody pens down? Pens down, please, so that we are all focused on the group, okay? So group one, the three. Yeah, um, we did verses 1 to 24, and um, this kind of sets the tone, really, of the whole thing. It's um, the person who wrote it. We thought it might be, be David, but it doesn't specify here in mind. Um, he's obviously got a passion for God's word and for his ways. Um, we sensed he was probably a young person. Um, it makes allusion to, a, to how does a young person stay on the path of purity in verse 9, um, but it's not absolutely clear. Um, but it's obviously somebody who both hungers after God um, and doesn't quite feel that they're, you know, that, that they're always on track because there's several... Um, um, verses to suggest, you know, oh, oh, that my ways were steadfast in, ob in obeying your decrees. That's verse five, um, and uh, I will. In verse eight, I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. So, um, somebody's you know, he's keeping at it with all his his mind, heart, and spirit. And we we were very sort of moved in a way by how he talks in verse. Um, uh, yeah, verse 14, I rejoice in following your statutes as one who rejoices in great riches. Um, and, you know, the, the way, in, 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 in a way, it's because the, the person who wrote this um, did really revere the word and the statutes of God so much that we have them today because they've were, they were preserved, they've been preserved by the people who um, wrote these things down and because they obviously treasured them so much. Um, and let's see. Yeah, we, we got the impression also that this person was up against a lot of opposition in their life. It talks about um, you rebuke the arrogant in verse 21. Um, and though and verse 23, though rulers sit together and slander me, your servant will meditate on your decrees. So there's a sense in which, you know, they're hanging on in there in, in, in a circumstances of quite a lot of opposition and surrounded by people who probably didn't. Um, treasure God's word as much as he did. Um, so, um, anyone else want to add anything that we talked about? Um, yeah, memorize. That's that was the other thing. You know, he he says, "I've hidden my word in your heart." So, this thing about memorizing and also declaring the word of God is very powerful. So we read from verse twenty-five to forty-eight, and we felt like. It shows his walk with the Lord, and in the beginning, it's quite a struggle. You know, he's like dragging himself and 
persevering but really dragging himself towards the Lord, like saying, you do it, you help me, you keep, uh, your help me to keep your commandments, you prevent me from lying to myself, you um, teach me your, s- your, your, your ways, your commandments. But he is persevering and he's crying desperately to, to God to, to be able to do that. But then as he, he goes along, we go along, it's like he's getting speed and strength and, and he's, you know, the, the, the word of God and his walk with the Lord is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. So by the end, he's saying, I will declare your mercies. I will, I will keep your commandments. I will um, trust in your word. Um, so it became so much part of him. You know, and his, his dependency of the lo- on, on the Lord in the beginning and all his struggles and kind of his declaration that saying, you know, I depend on you, I, have, I need help to do this. But he becomes so more intimate with the Lord and, and the word becomes so, so much part of his life that he gets speed, you know, like he's, he's kind of running with God and saying, I will do that, I will do that, you know, because not because of his arrogance, but because he, it's, it's, it's part of him now, it's, so that's how he felt. You scribe and spokeswoman as well, have I? Um, right, so for verse 49, God's word, um, remember your word to your servant, for you have given me hope. So is that somebody who's saying, you know, God's word, that's what gives us hope, his word in, in our hearts. Um, 62 says the enemy is at work at all times. Um, no, 62 actually says at midnight I give you, I rise to give you thanks. Um, and so we're saying that the enemy doesn't sleep at any time. And um, so it's good that we rise at midnight or at any, be aware of that at, um, at, at all times. And 57 to 60 um, Talks, it says, you are my portion, O Lord. I have promised to obey your words. I have sought your face with all my heart to be gracious to me according to your promise. Um, I have considered my ways and turned my steps to your statutes. I will hasten and not delay to obey. So we're talking about he does all this for us, but we need to still make that choice and, and a decision to actually follow him and obey him. Um, 67, somebody picked out about um, being afflicted and, um, but now I obey your word, linked in with 71, where it says it was good for me to be afflicted so I might learn your decrees. So talking about how even when we're afflicted, um, we can learn, it's a time of learning and it gives it, we've got the hope and if we've got that those words and that law written on our hearts, then we we, we get through those times and it becomes a time of learning. And and somebody actually sort of said about being happy in those times because of what his word says he brings us through and, and um, therefore it's to our good in the end. Um, verse for, uh, 51, hopping back there, um, somebody said about the, it says, the arrogant mock me without restraint, but I do not turn from your law. So again, just making that decision, whatever's going on, if we've got that law on our hearts and want made the choice to obey it, um, we've got that hope and assurance with us. And that ties in with verse um, 69, talks about the arrogant are smeared with me with lies. Um, and 70, somebody it says, 
Their hearts are callous and unfeeling, but I delight in your law. And somebody's translation translates that as the en um, enemies are there, like, but they're unfeeling like fat. So there's, there's just no life in them. So, yeah, we are surrounded by the enemies, but we don't have to fear them. We, our fear is, is fear of the Lord. Um, and uh, 68 um, says, you are good and what you do is good. So that's a really positive one that we can just proclaim that, that you are good. Um, and then just overall, very much talking about laws, precepts and justice, legislation um, and love for the Lord. And felt this was really relevant at this time, that it's God's heart um, to see this as a basis in the midst of all the wrong and horrible things that are going on. Um, that his laws, his precepts, his justice and legislation are what we need to see. Yeah, my name is Timothy, and um, I'm just going to, um, I think there's a theme or premise that I see throughout all you guys have said, um, and I see that God is faithful, and he's forever faithful. Um, and what we can see as well from what everyone else has read as well is that we should hold on to his precepts, understand that he actually does love us and he will never ever leave us and um i think the most important thing that we can see from the person i don't know if it's david but it looks like he had a very re repentant heart and it shows that to actually get god's attention you have to have a broken and contrite heart so um one of the things that we saw i think it's verse um, 77 it says um let your tender mercies come to me that i may live for your law is my delight and it's clearly said there that look to actually get god's mercy you have to live in his law and um, a lot of us feel it's by strength that we can do God's law, but it's through faith in Christ Jesus that we have access to such mercy and grace. Um, something else I've seen as well, is something that I've been struggling with as well, is um, assurance of salvation. And that's in verse 89 to 90. As my brother here, David said, he said, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled on heaven. Um, your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth and it abides. Um, that's really important because um, something I've been struggling with myself is, am I still saved? Um, I sinned yesterday. What do I do now to get better than God's grace? And it's it, it, it's it's kind of serious because um, the Holy Spirit dropped to me um, Isaiah 62, and it talks about assurance of salvation. And God will bring us in front of kings, and they will see the glory of God in our lives. And we just need to keep on having faith. And um, another thing, um, Mercy said here as well. She said um, about time, and that we should be patient. And he talks about in um, verse 84, how how many are the days of your servant? When will you execute judgment on those who persecute me? And most of us are, you know, suffering persecution because to follow Christ, you will suffer. It's, it's, it's clearly stated. So how do we now have the ability to move forward without, you know, feeling guilty for being um, persecuted? Um, I think you just have to keep on going. Um, that's what faith is. So um, it's, it, it sounds hard, but it's just a reality of truth that Jesus did suffer for us. So if you're going to follow Jesus, you've got to suffer as well. So, yeah, that's just yeah, what we came up with. Um, so, <clears throat> what we got is, like, where to start? <laughs> There's just so much <laughs> in that verse. That was beautiful, wasn't it? Um, so, boom. <laughs> so, um, what we got is, like, it's an it's a, it's a active choice to read the word of God and to uh, meditate on his precepts daily. 
it's not that it's something natural that comes to us. If we have to choose to uh, set time apart to read the word, to meditate on it, and to allow the word to impact our lives. And as we do that, we stay rooted in him. And we, we discover that actually his word is sweeter than honey. And that we start loving his statues, but it's something that we have to 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 make an active choice on because our flesh is contradicting that constantly, daily. It does not want us to be in the presence with God or to read his statues because it just doesn't understand it. And that again we, we found that it's such a supernatural act is words. It's 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 spirit and it's not just words, it's it's his spirit in the Bible because our flesh cannot understand what it is written in the Bible is such an yeah difficult book to understand if you just read it but then it's he teaches us it's it says it further on like he teaches us his word it's not that we have to teach ourselves he comes down and he gives us his spirit to teach us and um and then also like it said a bit further like our flesh trembles and well it's the end of our verse it's like my flesh trembles for fear with you and I stand in awe of your greatness like his 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 words are just so <laughs> full of life and so, and our flesh just trembles when we read and discover who God really is to us. Um, this verse was really full with like how it was an active choice though to, to read his words. Um, and also like it's black and white. This what I found out as well. It's like it's, it's quite radical. It's black or white. It's not I'm going to do this bit and then still love the world a bit. It's, uh, it says a bit further on like I run away from evildoers. I... Um, I hate double-minded people. So that was quite convicting for myself. I was like, oh, flip, sometimes I can <laughs> sort of like, it's so easy to to love bits from the world and then says, oh, but I really need to study the world, uh, the word of God as well. It's And this verse just sort of reminds me, it's black and white. Are you serious? Are you f- f- all in or, or not? Which was convicting for me <laughs> and made me think. Um, also further on it says, once you are rooted in my precepts, uh, I will sustain you. My words will, and it just says like, my word will sustain you during the day. Like opposition will come, but I'll, I am the one who sustains you. My word will com- comfort you and I am your fortress. And that will preserve your life. If you lay down your life and, and start meditating on his word daily, that will actually get, give you more life. And uh, yeah, that's what we got out of it. We were really impressed by how David is just so real with God. He's so honest. He's been absolutely truth about how he feels. And he comes to God in humility. But he's also confident, uh, confident that God loves him. And, you know, he's prepared to challenge him. Um, you know, he's prepared to say, it's time for you to act, Lord. Your law is being broken. Um, and we also sense th- through the, the words... Um, the love that David has for God's word and his desire for this to impact his life and impact other people's lives. And he he also has this desire to keep being taught and keep learning more and more. And um, we sensed there was this sentence that we came out with as a group that um, this knowledge of his power when we obey him because we surrender to him.
almost failed. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we had uh, Psalm 119, um, verse 145 to 160, and Psalm and okay. Um, so he said, um, so we realized at first that how personal again David's Psalm is. It says at the beginning, I c- I call out with all my heart. Answer me, Lord. I will obey your decrees. I will call out to you. It's very personal to him and very real, as as Anne was just saying. But also we saw in the midst of um, persecution too that with that obedience, that joy is never taken away and that that never is taken away from you every time, even though we go through the valley of shadow death. Like God God is always there to pick us up and that joy that he has. And that's from obedience to the law and the delight he has and how he loves that law. But also we saw... An interesting uh, contrast when between those who delight in the law and those who don't. And in s- in verse 157, uh, David says, "Many, uh, no, sorry, 158." Uh, it says, "I look on the faithless with loathing, for they do not obey your word." And I think that really challenged us. Like, do we have that sense of like, do we loathe those? Like, do we hate those who hate you, God? But then after that, it says, "Search me, O God." David says, "After in another psalm." 139 and do we have a righteous hatred towards sin and those who don't follow the word so that's something that we pick up on Um, um, okay yeah so we had the last two sections and um, it literally just one six one it says like Princes persecute me without cause, but my heart stands in awe of your word. Um, And even later on, it speaks about kind of like being in the face of persecution and um, being steadfast in knowing that God is completely like, he's our judge and he's the one who stands and his word is true and trusting in that and just like being in awe of him and loving him and then not being shaken by the things of the world that try to cause us to stumble. Um, Yeah, it says, like, great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. Um, And we were just kind of, like, aware that David's heart was so submitted to God, and because he completely was so in love with him, um, he wanted to do and follow his law and his righteousness and his judgments. Um, And when our heart is, like, completely in surrender to God, we naturally do those things we want to just like honor him and glorify him in everything that we do um and also 169 it says let my cry come before you O lord give me understanding according to your word um and we kind of spoke a bit about like actually david asking his cry to come before god um and in all of our feelings and emotions like doing that before the lord um and yeah yeah, being before him in in the things that we experience or feel and sharing that with God, not just sharing it with those around us, but running to him first and foremost. Um, And then, oh yeah, David, he presented like requests before God that he knew were in the word of God already. So saying like, um, deliver me according to your word, Um, let your hand become my help, let my soul live and I shall praise you. And it, all of those things that he's asking of God, they're for the glory of God. They're to give glory to his name and to praise him. Um, and so even in what he's asking, he's 
not doing it for like selfish gain or for his own like personal growth. It's all to bring glory to to God. Yeah. Thank you. If that can come back, um, I'm just going to quickly go back. Go to Joshua chapter five. Um, just very briefly, you can stay in your groups. Um, it says here, now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down in the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servants? There's a couple of things that I really believe that as we've just read all of Psalm 119 between us, it comes across very clearly from every single portion how important the word of God is. And I just really believe God is asking us a question today and to say, whose side are you on? Whose side are you on? Because God is on neither side. He's not in Remain or he's not in Brexit. He's on his own side. I did bring it up. But it, God is on his own side. God is working out his plan, his purposes. And people might think that they've got prophetic words for this, that and the other. But ultimately, God is on his side. And I believe God is asking us today is whose side are you on? Are you on his side? And therefore, because you're on his side, all of those scriptures in Psalm 119 that come into that place where you're, you're meditating day and night on his word. You're allowing his word to light your path. Psalm, um, verse 105. It's his word that lights our path. Are we allowing that because we are saying we're on your side, Lord? We're following after you, Father, and we're not going our separate way through opinion, through desire, through sometimes our upbringing can bring a particular view on certain things. Whereas God's saying, no, I want you to be on my side and because you're on my side, then you'll actually do what I ask you to do. There's a, a great word in uh, Rafi, isn't there, that Pastor Colin loves. And that word is obedience. God, Pastor Colin um, in the college, um, we've got two guys from the college here. And it's great to see you guys. But, you know, one of the things that God loves um, is people who listen to what he says and obey what he says. Uh, there's a lot of people who say delayed obedience is disobedience. Mm -hmm. What God wants is for our immediate response to what he's asking us to do. Now, how do we begin to know what he's asking us to do? Because it's got to be word and spirit. It's not one or the other. It's in tandem with one another. It's word and spirit operating together in order for us to be obedient to what he's asking of us. I love your statutes. I love your laws, Lord, because he truly is faithful. And uh, God just started to speak to me regarding um, that scripture in Acts where Peter was um, in prison. 
and uh, they were brought into the Sanhedrin, uh, which was the law court of those days within the Pharisee, the church um, law courts. And in those courts, they're saying, what should we do with these men? Because they could see that people were healed, so they saw something visibly different, but they still were in contention with what the message of Peter. And there was a guy, gentleman called Gamil, Gamil, Gamilia, or whatever, however you pronounce it. And he said, look, guys, you might find yourself fighting against God if you don't leave these guys alone. If this is not God, then it will filter out. But if this is God, then you'll find that you're fighting against him. I personally don't want to be fighting against him. I don't. It may be, you know, maybe that there's a jealousy amongst us here. There may be some envy here. But that's going against the word of God, and I don't want to be fighting against him. So I want to sort anything out like that so that my life before him is honourable because I'm glorifying him in my life. I'm glorifying him in my body because I'm doing everything that's pleasing him. I don't want to be fighting against him. And I know that that's your heart too. You don't want to be fighting against God by doing something contrary to the word of God. So I don't want any, any attitude. I don't want anything that is a hindrance to what God is wanting to do amongst us here individually, but also corporately. We've been talking over the last couple of weeks about the lid, that God is wanting those lids over our lives to be broken so that his life and his power can be at work. Not yet, because I've got something I'm going to do, but thank you. <laughs> but thank you. But I, I've got something practically to do. Uh, because I just want to have something that demonstrates something of this. And I just need the space. Um, one of the things that, you know, I don't want to find is me f I'm fighting against God. Because of my uh, an attitude that stinks. Something that um, I'm not willing to give over to the Lord. But one of the things that I do understand is that his statutes are true. And, you know, if, if you are not walking with God today in the way that you should do, and you know you should do, then I believe God is calling you and saying, I want you to, to come back into that re right relationship with me because I don't want you fighting me anymore. It may be that even people in this room have never given their whole life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's today is the day saying, God, I'm not going to fight you anymore. I know you have been drawing me to yourself. I've been drawn to the truths of Jesus Christ. But because of those truths, I'm not going to fight you any longer. I give up. And I come in, I choose to give you my life completely because I choose from today to follow your laws and decrees. Yes? 
Now, there's something that I want to do. Um, I need to have you guys move your chairs because I've got a rope here. And I, I just really believe God wants you to remember what we're going to do. Okay, can you hold that end, please? Okay, you need to go. I, I've got a big rope. Let's split it in two. Uh, just fold it in half because otherwise it's too big. Thank you. Okay, we could have a tug of war, yeah. couldn't we? And I can't, I, I'm trying as hard as I can, but look. But you have an enemy that wants to come against you. You have an enemy that is trying to pull you and tug you away from the precepts of God that you've just been reading about in Psalm 119. If you've got several of other people go on that line, please, just several of you. Okay, I'm trying to resist, but... I have to give up because I'm being pulled in a direction that I don't want to go in. There's two things that I believe God wants to say to each one of us. We have an enemy that is trying to pull us, to divert us, to pull us off track, to divert our attention from the truths that we've just read about. But you also need to understand that we're not in this together, separately, we're in this together. So when uh, the enemy tries to pull one of us, three or four can come alongside one another and pull the enemy. And as soon as the enemy gets close to the things of God, he's out of it. He's completely out of it. God is saying that those who are for you are far greater than those that are against you. Those who are with you are far greater than those who are against you. Several of you may be going through challenging times at this moment. And you may feel that you're just in a one-to-one tug-of-war with the enemy. But I can tell you today that there are so many more with you than there are against you that are opposing you. You've got the enemy and his little minions are trying to pull you, but then you have an angelic host that are pulling you in a different direction. So however hard the enemy is trying to pull Lenny, Joanne, and Mike, he can't because one, they're united. And where there is unity, God commands blessing. But also because there's an angelic host that is fighting with them against the enemy. But we have to understand the precepts of God. Thank you. Thank and musicians, you can come back now. <laughs> Actually, no, what we'll do is we'll play that song again. 
like we played last week. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm just flowing with, with what God's saying. But again, please, you have to understand all that we've just read about in Psalm 119, all of those precepts, all of those understandings, those challenges that David had in parts and differences of his life. But he got to that point where he understood, why am I going like this? I have God on my side. I have God on my side. I have one of the people around me who believe the same thing as I do. We are united, we're going forward together, and therefore the people who are opposing me, I just have to, oh, you're nothing. I'm going the way of the Lord. That's why for me, I don't want to be fighting against God. Please, can you stand up as we come to a close? We are going to play the song that we played last week in two seconds. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com.